Welcome to the DMSG Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Hadley, founder and CEO of the Denver Medical Study Group. Based in Colorado, we are going into our 16th year with over 1,350 members in 29 states. Our educational events include DMSG webinars, podcasts, and in-person meetings. I'm excited today to visit with Ben Anderson, newly appointed president and CEO of Hutchinson Regional Healthcare System in Hutchinson, Kansas, actually starting January 8th. Uh, ben, welcome to our podcast program, and would you tell our listeners a little about yourself and your background? Sure. Welcome. Uh, appreciate you welcoming me, uh, Chris. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And a uh, little bit of background, I was born and raised on the West Coast uh, in California. I uh, moved out just prior to college and, and finished an undergraduate uh, degree in English and a master's in business administration at Drury University, your alma mater uh, in yes. Springfield, Missouri. And then uh, after that, really got into healthcare and started out in physician recruitment. And then uh, when I was in my late 20s, I took my first hospital CEO post uh, in southwest Kansas and worked for 11 years as a hospital CEO in two different facilities out there before moving to Denver. Uh, just before the pandemic to to serve as vice president for rural health and hospitals with the Colorado Hospital Association was there for four years. And uh, in the meantime, raising four children uh, that are now 10, 10, nine and nine, and then moved, uh, made the decision anyway, to move back to Kansas closer to my wife's family. And I'm taking on this role as the president and CEO of a, a regional health system there, a 190 bed hospital uh, with, with a group of uh, 1,100 or so amazing people that are serving the region, and I'm excited to be part of that. That's cool. Uh, many of our listeners have followed your career here in Denver, Ben, and all that you've done, among other things, to help rural Colorado healthcare uh, hospital leaders grow their hospitals or systems in their communities. What stands out as you look back on those experiences that you enjoyed the most? I think what I enjoyed the most about being at CHA were getting to know the leaders in the 45 hospitals outside the front range. I, I enjoyed all the hospitals, all 100 hospitals, and, and still have uh, many friends at, at, uh, that are leading health systems in, in Denver and around. But my primary role was to support the folks outside the front range, the little guy, uh, and and help build their capacity. So spending time with their boards, spending time with their uh with their senior leaders, uh, supporting them through physician recruitment and education and working through regulatory issues. And it was just a tight tribe of people and it remains that. And, and so as I transition, I'll, I'll remember the good people within the association, um, that, that are faithfully serving those hospitals, but I'll also remember, um, the, the people that are out in the field that are doing that work. And, and I, I think I'm, as I reflect, I'm just grateful. I received notes from so many of those folks, um, just hoping these relationships continue. And that's how this works in this industry. And when you develop those kinds of relationships, when, I mean, many of those places allowed me to bring my kids who, and, and we walked the halls of those hospitals. Some of those hospital CEOs watched our kids while I was speaking, you know, their, their spouses watched their kids while I was speaking at their board meeting or, those types of relationships just mean the most to me. And so I'll cherish those. And, and, it, and, and in those situations, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. You know, uh, I've had an opportunity to meet some of those uh, rural Colorado healthcare leaders that you worked with. 
they've always spoken very highly of you, so I know they feel the same about you. Uh, you have a background regarding rural health care in Kansas as the CEO of Ashland Health Center in Ashland, Kansas, that you mentioned earlier. Uh, how will your role be similar or different at uh, your new CEO position in Hutchinson uh, to that, what you did at Ashland Health Center? Yeah, th thanks for asking. Uh, Ashland Health Center was a small critical access hospital that had an attached uh, aging care facility or nursing home. And and I was part of a uh, an effort that, that revitalized that facility that ultimately led to the building of a new facility. Um, but it was very small, town of under a thousand people. And, and it you know, for the most part in their emergency room, for example, it was packaged and shipped. It was getting people stable, making sure they were going to be okay, and then and then sending them on to a referral center. And and it was in that role, it was about uh, creating a culture of winning. And and uh, it was through a series of small wins that lead to bigger wins. But it was really guiding an organization through the process whereby they they became used to success. And and that ultimately led to the recruitment of an expansion of the medical staff and the building of a new facility in Hutchinson. Um, it's an it's an established facility. Uh, it's been around for generations, and it is the referral center that we used to refer patients to. So it's on the other side of things. And so I, I walk into that that situation in Hutchinson, understanding the the responsibility of a regional center, and and also being able to connect with the rural hospital that's transferring in and, and the providers and the challenges they're facing. So I think I walk in with a deep appreciation and respect for the, for the rural facilities that are out there that are referring in and, and an empathy that's there and some insight and also can help uh, build the capacities of that regional medical center to not only meet the needs of its immediate community in Hutchinson and, and the surrounding areas, but really the broader, the broader rural Kansas landscape. I was just going to say, it sounds like you cover uh, a very large geographic area. How many different uh, regional uh, facilities do you have? Well, there's one hospital, uh, and then there's a regional behavioral health system that's underneath that health system. There's a, and so they, they provide uh, behavioral health in five counties, and, and um, there may be an opportunity to even expand that impact uh, beyond those counties. Uh, moving forward as as we just look at strategic partnerships, but in that there's you know addiction care and 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 general 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 mental health. Um, so that that's a component of it. There's also inpatient psychiatric beds within within the large medical center, and then uh, there's a durable medical supply company. There's a there's a property ownership or management company, and there's a home health and hospice. Uh, company that's all within that healthcare delivery system, and and so I, it really is focusing on uh, beginning of life to end of life, and and so there are multiple clinics, but one main medical center. That's pretty impressive. Uh, that that's fantastic. Do you have any feel of what kind of population you serve there? I remember, you know, I I remember the referral area being uh, several dozen counties 30 or 40 counties and um and we're essentially just evaluating that need now using claims-based data and and looking at referral patterns and and figuring out what needs are out there and really developing a strategy around expanding that that reach based on the needs that are in the state but That's it really great 
it stretches from from central Kansas out to northwest Kansas, out to the the Nebraska and Colorado border, and all the way down to you know to the Oklahoma border as well. Um, the organization receives referrals from all those places. That's fantastic. You you have learned many other skills over the past 15, 20 years that benefit you and or will benefit you and your healthcare leaders at HRHS. Is there any particular skill that stands out as you build on uh, the system uh, that on what the system has already accomplished? I think, yeah. So one one of the number or one one of the most uh, important skill sets moving into this uh, is is relationship with the workforce. And and one of the highlights for me at the CHA was was being part of and co-leading a, a, a state task force on the future of the healthcare workforce. That was with Margot Karsten from from Banner Health. It was fun working with her through that process. And and through that, we were able to survey the hospitals across the state, figure out both urban and rural what they needed. And what I took away from that was uh, that, of course, the, the future of our healthcare delivery system is tied to the well-being of its workforce. And prior to COVID-19, focusing on the social determinants of the well-being of the workforce was a best practice. Building out the capacities to ensure that, you know, staff members had childcare for their kids and a way to get to work and, and a place to live and healthy food to eat and could afford healthcare services. All those all those things were, were a best practice prior to COVID that could give you a competitive advantage. After COVID, you can't find people. We can't find people if we don't. And so I think it's really important that we know and understand and are able to connect with the needs of the workforce and for them to really feel seen by senior leaders. And so we're already, uh, even before my first day, a meeting with the senior leadership team, we're developing systems whereby we can harvest those ideas and respond to them in an efficient and timely way, looking for early wins with them. So we're working on a project right now that would essentially secure reliable transportation for uh, housekeepers, laundry folks, dietary workers, CNAs, medical assistants, the, the most vulnerable population, and focusing on particularly on retention. And I think the next skill set, and, and it goes along with that, is the ability to connect with physicians and, and for them to feel seen in that same way. And so I'm, I'm very excited about both. I'm excited about walking the halls and spending time with folks, but I'm particularly excited about developing systems whereby physicians get to lead they lead in an organization. Whether or not they're employed, they lead. And we, we equip them to lead, give them the tools, we give them the leadership training, and, and we back them up administratively so they can lead the, the systems that are improving. Because at, at the bottom line, my function of, as a CEO is to help, help doctors and nurses and other folks help patients. And, and that is the ultimate, I believe, measure of my uh, success there. I'd love to work for you <laughs> based on that. that, that that's fantastic. Uh, you have spoken about a vision of emulating a place like uh, Mayo Clinic, and I think you called it Mayo Clinic in the Rural Plains. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I I do admit uh, uh, publicly a crush on the Mayo Clinic. I love their model of it. I had a mentor early in my career who was previously the chief administrative officer at the Mayo Clinic. He came down to Kansas and and led the Via Christi Health System for a while. And and uh, his name was Jeff Korsmo. And and pretty early in our relationship, he handed me a book called The Doctor's Mayo. And it was really a, a story, uh, a very well thought out story, 50 years old or more, about how the Mayo brothers, William and Charlie Mayo, 
started that thing and they moved down into a cornfield in Rochester, Minnesota with just a few thousand people there. And, and essentially their wives said, you know, you can build whatever you want to build, but we're not moving. It's going to be here. So, <laughs> so they, they just said, well, then here it is. And they just had this vision around when, when they heard of something cool that was happening, even if it was in Germany, they would get in a buggy and get on a train and, and get on a boat and get on a train and get on a buggy and go and go watch it for a few weeks and bring it back to to Rochester. And and it happened enough times uh, that, that when they were bringing these best practices back into Rochester, that people from Germany, people from around the world started coming to Rochester. But there was this attitude and this idea that size is not a prerequisite to excellence. That you don't have to be big to be good. But it's a mentality and it's a commitment to high, be, becoming a high-performing organization system. And so Mayo obviously has grown into being, you know, one of the world's leaders in, in subspecialty care and coordinated care. And my own son has received care there with his epilepsy diagnosis. We went there and had three, a three-day workup. It was one of the most amazing things I've seen in my life, how that system worked. And I, and I think there's an opportunity to emulate some of those uh, best practices and 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 particularly how they went about finding them and implementing them. And I think that can come to the rural plains. And, and so um, that, that is definitely what the board's vision is for the organization. And one of the things that attracted me to central Kansas. Great story. Uh, you know, I grew up in a small town in central Missouri, about 2,500 people. Um, I guess Hutchinson's population itself is a little larger than that. Yeah, there, there are about 40,000 folks in Hutchinson and, and a little bit more in the, in the broader Reno County. And and I think it's just important to note that some of the vulnerable or remote communities also refer into Hutchinson. And so I think with that, with the size and sense of autonomy and independence within that organization, we have the ability to be a peer to a lot of these rural hospitals, um, and not necessarily to be threatening, but rather just to say, hey, we're, we're working on things together. What can we do together? to ensure that those those little hospitals can maintain uh, their, if, if independence is what they're after, maintain that, but essentially just maintain their solvency and and their commitment to excellence together on that. And I think so it's the broader community uh, that we consider our service area in partnership with other hospitals. You know, uh, I imagine that, uh, well, here's the question. How, how has Kayla and your children responded to rural America after living in metropolitan Denver? They welcome it. Uh, so we'll, we found a, a house on a, on a piece of ground out there that the front yards, the city and the backyards, the country, and <laughs> there's space to run around and dig a hole and, and, and no HOA is going to holler at us for digging the hole. We're just excited about being out there, giving them some space <laughs> to run. So my wife was raised fifth generation uh, cattle ranch uh, in Northeast Kansas. And so it's just close to her family. And, and uh, I think we just, we, we're going to enjoy being back in a place where boots and jeans and Carhartt bibs are normal. And, uh, and, and our kids can run around and get dirty. So um, we, we've loved Denver. We, we've been extremely grateful. Uh, specifically, we call out uh, Children's Hospital Colorado for the amazing care they've given our son and our family while we've been here. It was why we moved to Denver to begin with, and and we've certainly utilized that care, and and uh, we'll be back. Uh, his doctors will remain here, um, but, but that said, we look forward to being out in the country again. Well, you know, as you were talking about uh, your backyard, so to speak, 
uh, I thought of one of the hospital CEOs in Eastern Colorado who also raises chickens. Do you have any outside hobbies that you're going to do? <laughs> chickens have come up. I, I, <laughs> I was rounding, I was rounding at the, at the hospital and, um, it, it'll take a while to get to know all 1100 of those folks. But, um, but one, one woman I specifically remember was a nurse in the ICU, longtime employee there and a team member. And, and she's been known across the organization as the chicken lady. In fact, that's how she introduced herself to me. And she's got 20 chickens <laughs> in the back there. She's actually turns out to be our, our neighbor. And so she said, if you want to get into chickens, just, you know, send your kids over. They can do our chores for a while and see if they actually <laughs> want to do this stuff. So we do have plans to, to have a few animals and, and, um, and and perhaps invite some other friends and family in that haven't been exposed to something like that. So I I I don't I don't intend a hobby farm. I don't intend to start one of those. But <laughs> but I, I do think uh, we'll have a few animals out there. Well, Ben, it's uh, been a pleasure to interview you here this morning, and I'm excited for you about all that's going on out in uh, Kansas at uh, Hutchinson. And uh, what you're going to do there is going to be phenomenal. I look forward to having you back and visiting again. But is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners as we close our interview today? Yeah, I, I think back to those four years and I think about, you know, four years ago, nothing said I love you like an N95. And we were we were scrambling and looking for PPE and rural hospitals got together and shared what they had as we sent out shipments on angel flight planes to get to them. And I was so astonished to, to, to learn that they weren't hoarding what they had. They were trusting each other to have each other's back. And I think that, you know, that, that, that led into the development and execution of, of uh, the combined hospital transfer center under the leadership of Darlene Taddy at the time and, and how rural and urban hospitals work together to support each other. And, and to my knowledge, no patient had to be transferred out of state during COVID. We took care of our own because those hospitals stuck together. And I think about the governance training that we went through, the boards got together and, and were committed to improving their performance in these rural hospitals and, and how meaningful that was. And I, I just think back and I, I think of the her heroism um, of, of the, of the, hospitals and the folks that were also supporting them you know we had a, a near miss in leadville that was the hospital was very vulnerable and kim bimsteffer from the state and the, and the colorado health foundation and and certainly the the staff at the colorado hospital association all got together and just agreed that we were going to work to ensure that care remained in that vulnerable mountain town and and they made it through and and we've seen that over and over colorado is committed to its healthcare community and I just want to encourage the listener base, the, the leaders in these facilities, continue that collaboration. Um, the patients uh, that you're serving will never know to thank you for it, but lives are saved because of your willing to, willingness to work together. Well, Ben, thank you very much. What a great summary. I uh, wish you the best and look forward to keeping in touch with you. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Chris, for the opportunity. You bet.